Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hey, welcome to Politico Tech. Today's Monday, February 5th. I'm your host, Stephen Overly. You probably heard about the AI-generated, sexually explicit images of Taylor Swift that were circulating online last week. They were the most high-profile example yet of a growing problem facing tech companies, policymakers, and unconsenting victims. Pornographic deepfakes. But Children's Advocates born, there's an even more disturbing concern. A growing number of these images feature minors. Some of them are real, others are fabricated, but nevertheless, it's a new front for those fighting online child sexual abuse. What you saw with Taylor Swift can be done with any kind of image, any sort of child. Um, and so it's just as horrific, honestly, um, when it comes down to it. This technology can be used in both instances in the exact same way. That's Emily Slifer, the director of policy at Thorne. Thorne is a nonprofit organization that develops technology to combat online child sexual abuse. It's behind a software program called Safer that X and other internet platforms use to detect and remove sexually explicit images of minors. But online child sexual abuse is a bigger problem than ever. And while AI-generated content is just a small piece for now, Emily said it has been growing rapidly in recent months, and it's likely to explode if not stopped now. On the show today, Emily and I discuss who shoulders the burden and the blame when it comes to combating AI-generated child porn. Hey, Emily, welcome to Politico Tech. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. I know that overall, the problem of child sexual abuse material seems to be getting worse, you know, despite some best efforts to combat it. One statistic I saw was that Last year, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children here in the U.S. received a record 36 million reports of suspected child sexual exploitation online, which included, and this was very staggering to me, frankly, more than 105 million images, videos, and other files. How much of the material that is circulating that you all are dealing with these days is AI-generated? Yeah, as you said, it's kind of a horrific scale that we're seeing of CSAM in general at the moment. The scale is just getting bigger and bigger. We don't exactly know whether it's just because people are finally looking for it and we're finding it more, or if we've actually kind of plateaued. So it'll be something to watch over the coming years. When it comes to AI-generated CSAM, though, at the moment, we'll say it's kind of a small but fast growing field a little bit. We first started seeing these kind of, I would say, six to nine months ago, and we've seen kind of a steady increase of AI-generated material since then. The Internet Watch Foundation, which is kind of the neck of the UK, has interestingly been releasing different reports on what they're seeing and what's being reported to them, and it is a growing kind of area at the moment. But we don't entirely know what the full scale of it's going to be yet. It's going to take a while to see what that is. So that's why this is such an important moment to be having these conversations and to be talking with, you know, legislators and with companies, because for the first time we're talking about it before it's gotten to the really bad place and how can we kind of prevent it from getting there is really important. Well, can you give me an example of the kind of AI generated material that is out there that that Thorne has encountered or, or you've learned about through these partner organizations you have? Yeah, so there's a couple of different ways it kind of manifests. First, we've seen where they've taken what we call kind of the old series of abuse materials, so kind of a known set of images, and they've used these models to create new abuse images off of those. So, you know, maybe the child has grown up, but that abuse material is now used to create 
new abuse material. Um, we've seen, and there's been a really prominent case out of Spain where a bunch of teenage girls, their innocent images of them were taken, put through these models and created child sexual abuse material. And we've seen that across the board. So there's kind of a couple of different ways it's manifested, but we're seeing more and more of it in every kind of category in every way. I believe I read about a case here in the U.S. too, in a school district where there was a school where images of girls, you know, were being taken and were being manipulated into suggestive or if not pornographic images. One question I have, I'm sure you all are dealing with this to some extent, but you know, some of these AI-generated images contain depictions of actual children. You were saying, you know, perhaps real faces, but on AI-generated bodies. Some are then completely fabricated using AI. Does that make any difference in terms of whether that content is illegal? So it depends a little bit. There is a tiny bit of gray area. At the federal level, as long as it's depicting what looks like a child, it would qualify as child sexual abuse material. If you get into kind of some of the cartoonish kind of aspects, it's still illegal, but falls under more of like an obscenity law. Where we see gaps at the moment in the U.S., though, are actually when it comes to state level definitions and things like that. A lot of AI generated CSAM would not qualify as CSAM. Um, it would qualify at best as kind of obscenity laws, which, as I'm sure you know, has a much lower sentencing guideline and things like that. So that's a place where we really need to look at the legal fixes there and make sure the legislation is updated with the new and accurate definitions. And we're seeing it pop up in various states. I know we've seen it in Arizona, California, and I think a handful of others are already starting to update those codes. Because that's what's interesting to me. As gross as, you know, these AI generated images are, if the images aren't real, you know, the image of a real minor being used, I do wonder if there's a victim in that scenario, right? So I think you have to take a step back and think of how these images were created, right? So even if you started with a benign image or kids who don't even exist in real life, in order for an AI model to create that, CSAM and that kind of horrific depiction would have had to have been in their training data. And those kids wouldn't have consented to that being in there. So in order to create it, it's somewhere in that process. So it's still not a victimless crime, even if at the end result, it's not a real child, because at the baseline of when you started the process, there were, were those pictures and those innocent children are in there in a way that they would have never consented to. Oh, that's really an interesting point. So even just sort of the the unconsenting use of these images in the AI generation process is a problem in and of itself, not to mention the fact that it's then used to create these horrific images. Yeah, absolutely. It's a problem we've seen. Um, and that's why we're focusing really at the moment on the preventative side of this technology. How can we make sure this technology is created with the kind of safety by design terminology you hear? You hear safety by design thrown around a lot at the moment. And for us, what that means when it comes to AI generated material is how is your model created in the first place? You know, did you clean up your data sets to make sure there wasn't CSAM in there? Did you do all the basics in that? Did you then check all of your weighting and things like that to make sure it couldn't create these types of images? And that's how we're going to get to a better place with this technology. So that actually is a question I wanted to ask you about, because governments across the board right now are having all of these conversations about responsible use of AI and who should be held accountable when it's abused. Who should be held accountable when AI is used to generate these exploitive images of children? I mean, first and foremost, you can't forget that there are offenders who are actually creating those. So that should kind of probably be the first line of defense for law enforcement. But I think we're at a really important moment with legislators where, again, as I said at the beginning, they're looking at this before it's gotten to a really bad problem. So how can we 
ensure that they have the best knowledge. And that's where we're trying to lend our expertise. So we're talking with legislators and with, you know, different civil servants and things. How can we give them the knowledge to create those best practices and guidelines for companies? And we're even seeing it from the companies on on the AI space. They're like, wait, what can we do? What should we be doing? Because we know that this is a potential problem already. What what do we do there? So that's where I think we can really lean in a little bit. But it's going to be across the board. Everybody has a responsibility on this one because we're talking about minors and the exploitation and abuse of them. So everyone has responsibility here. Right. Well, because it would seem to me, you know, if an AI model is used to help generate the sexual abuse content, the question I have is, you know, should a developer, you know, the AI developer be held accountable for that? Because in some ways, that to me would seem like kind of the choke point. Of course, you can prosecute and target the, the folks creating this material, and, and you should, but the platform is sort of where all of those bad actors convene, perhaps. To an extent, you know, they're, they're convening and they're using the system, but you can you can try and you can build a really good model and it can still be exploited, right? Every type of technology can be. So we can't put all of the weight and the pressure on just them. We do have to give a little bit of kind of the Good Samaritan clauses and ensure that they are doing the best that they can. I think we can definitely put more pressure across the board on folks to be doing this. We've got great companies that are doing a lot. They're putting every preventative measure in place. And we need to kind of draw those out and make sure everyone across the board is doing them, though. But even the best models can be misused, not just for CSIM, but for other methods. So we do have to be a little careful there and instead focus on what we can do to make them all better across the board. And how equipped are technology companies today to handle this coming wave of AI-generated CSAM? There are kind of two common techniques for detecting child abuse material. The first is kind of the one everyone kind of talks about, which is hashing and matching. So kind of that digital fingerprint of an image. That's widely used across the board. It's also really good for AI companies to like run it over their data set. Really quick and easy fix to do that kind of a thing. The thing that's going to need to be scaled up more is the machine learning tools that we call classifiers that find that kind of new and novel CSAM. So for an AI platform, they should be using them on the output stage to ensure that what's putting out isn't new CSAM. Because for a classifier, it doesn't matter if it's a real or a fake child. It just matters that it's CSAM. Right. And the same for platforms now. Platforms have relied really heavily on hashing and matching for a long time, which is a great tool. It's removed billions of images at this stage, but it's not going to get all that new content that we're seeing more and more of. So we need to ensure that companies are using those classifiers, which are just pattern recognition tools, to find this at a greater scale. The Biden administration is moving forward with a slew of new regulations that put products like semiconductors, electric vehicles, modern healthcare technology, and clean energy at risk. Chemistry is essential to our modern lives, creating products to help foster a more sustainable and competitive future. The Biden administration must change its course and work with manufacturers on science-based policies that protect American innovation. Learn more at chemistrycreates.org. You know, the government side of the equation, law enforcement agencies already kind of lack sufficient resources to really track and prosecute all of the child sexual abuse material that exists today. Will that get worse as more of this AI-generated material gets online? How equipped are they to handle what's coming? I mean, law enforcement can always use more resourcing. The units and teams that work on CSAM are really amazing. They're some of the smartest and most tech savvy teams you can find, but they are tiny teams. I do think if we're able to go and triage this content quicker and better, it'll help them when it gets to law enforcement. Because the way the process works is a company identifies something. By U.S. law, they have to report it to the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. NECMEC will kind of triage that and then send it to the relevant law enforcement agencies. And if we can get that triaging 
naming right, where you can label it as new CSAM, ongoing abuse, AI generated CSAM, it'll help with that prioritization. So there are some technological solutions we can do there to help with that process as well. But yeah, the more we can resource law enforcement teams who work in the space, the better. What are some of the other policy changes that Thorne would like to see that you think would really help to address this? Sounds like resources for the agencies combating this is, is one step. Yeah, I think the biggest one, which leads into all of our kind of safety by design work, is actually transparency. If you had companies actually talking about what they do and how many of them do it, you'll create a system where everybody's doing a little bit more because nobody wants to be the outlier who's not doing child safety on their platform, right? Right. And at the moment, the kind of narrative you see is if you're doing something, if you're detecting, you have a problem. And it's like, well, everybody with an upload button has a problem. So let's talk about the solutions and share those across the ecosystem better. So for us, transparency is the biggest focal point because there is so much good that is being done, but it's just not talked about and it's seen as a problem instead of a solution still. There was a hearing in the Senate Judiciary Committee last week about child sexual abuse material online. And we did hear a lot of criticism of major social media platforms and how they're handling this calls for them to step up. The AI issue in particular, though, it didn't get much attention, you know, from what I saw. Are U.S. policymakers sleeping on this problem to some extent? Yeah, so that hearing was, I mean, if, you, if you've been in Washington for any uh, amount of time, right, that hearing wasn't necessarily the most surprising thing in any way, shape, or form. Um, <laughs> for being That's very, a fair observation. Yeah. Across the board, the lack of topical conversations inside of the hearing was a little shocking, though. There was only one company that talked about AI-generated content, and it was a brief mention by uh, X or Twitter in their introduction. It wasn't picked up by any of the Senate staff. It wasn't picked up by any other companies. So I would have loved to have seen more recognition there. I wouldn't necessarily say that anybody is sleeping on this. I would think that there's a little bit of questioning about what do we do? What's the best way to tackle this still? And I think we see that a lot when you get a new kind of tech-enabled crime. They're like, this is a problem. Let's have a hearing. But what do we do? So I think there's a little bit of that going on at the moment of what is the best way of doing that. And yeah, I wish there was more of it in the hearing, to be honest. I wish they talked about AI-generated CSAM, some of the different solutions that are already existing for any type of CSAM, what companies are doing right, what they're doing wrong. One moment I really did appreciate, though, was at the very beginning, I believe it was Durbin's opening statement, where he said that Congress has also dropped the ball on this because they haven't gotten anything through either. They haven't passed anything on any of these topics. Right. I think in one bill in the last decade or so sort of addressing issues facing children online and especially specifically related to sexual exploitation or trafficking. So Congress definitely has not done much on this. Are there other examples, other governments that are getting this right? I think it's too early to say if anybody's getting it right. I'll say that. I mean, you've got interesting examples to see of in the EU, they've just passed the AI Act. I think we're still trying to actually figure out what it all means since I think it just finished up passing um, in the past couple of weeks. So we'll see what that looks like. In the UK, the Online Safety Act, I think, is another really interesting example. But I think with all of these bills, whatever they're passing, it's going to come into their implementation and then the accountability aspects of it, right? We're going to have to try and fail a bit on regulation probably to get this right. So it's important that we pass things and try them and then make sure they're implemented and we follow up on them too so they're not just sitting there. Got it. The um, last solution I want to potentially talk about here in addition to some of these policy recommendations is how technology can be used for good in this case. You know, I know that Thorn develops technology to help detect this material. It's used by social media sites like X and some other platforms. What tech solutions exist now to combat AI-generated child sexual abuse material? And then what still needs to be developed? 
going with the real tech one to end on. I appreciate that. I think we've talked about the the two main solutions that exist at the moment for AI generated material um, are hashing and matching to detect inside of those data sets. And then there's classifiers to detect the new content wherever it might be. But I don't think we necessarily have to create something new right now. I think we just have to build it better is really what it comes down to from our perspective. Get the models right, maintain the models, correct the models if they're doing what you don't want them to be doing. I don't think we necessarily always have to create a new solution. We just have to build it with safety in mind and stop playing catch up a little bit. Because at the moment we build things, we think, oh my gosh, it's going to revolutionize the world. And then six months later, we're like, oh, it could be used for bad. That's problematic. (laughs) And instead we need to think the other way around of here's a great solution how can somebody use this wrong and how can I fix that before I ever deploy it? So I don't think you have to create a new solution every time. You just have to start at the beginning and make it safe at the very beginning. And as you were saying earlier, we are kind of in a unique moment right now to potentially do that the right way. Absolutely. I mean, imagine if when we were looking at kind of social media, if they were thinking immediately about the safety implications, we'd probably be in a different place. So let's learn from that lesson as we embark on kind of this like freight train of AI, I think is what it's turning into and probably will be. Let's let's start at the very beginning and get it right or at least get it closer to right. And that's going to help us downstream. Well, Emily, I appreciate you making time with us on Politico Tech. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. That's all for today's Politico Tech. For more tech news, subscribe to our newsletters, Digital Future Daily and Morning Tech. Music in today's episode comes from the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Our managing producer is Annie Reese. Our producer is Afra Abdullah. And our editors are Steve Heuser, Daniela Cheslow, and Louisa Savage. I'm Stephen Overley. See you back here tomorrow 